Let's just pretend it worked the first time. Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Emily. And we're here today. We're With? here today. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that my cue? <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Adams, uh, Offset Obsessed uh, Guitar Nerd and Star Trek Fanatic. That's me. Hi. Taxi Sweater Pushing. Pushing. That's me. 100%. Yes. This is the second time Mike's been on the show, but the first time since we uh, have a video format. So if you are uh, watching or listening, if you're listening, you can actually see Mike's pixelated face. Probably. Mm. I don't know. Our internet in Pennsylvania is dog shit. It's so bad. (laughs) I get get five megabits per second upload. So I bet the quality is A-OK. What's cool is it? Generally records to your computer and then uploads. Oh, six. So that'll take so 70 hours. <laughs> so this well, episode may be late. We don't know yet. We'll, we'll try so to sorry. keep uh, the episode under right. three hours to, to prevent your download time from or upload time from Thanks, exceeding us. I appreciate that, friends. <laughs> you might have to take it. Go drive to a place that has wireless to, to be on the podcast. <laughs> yes, could you email this file? Excuse <laughs> me, sir. Please, my MacBook. <laughs> I can't handle it. Lord. I cannot handle the slow, 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 about internet speeds in South Africa, they had a contest to see who could deliver like X amount of gigabytes for, across like an 80 mile distance the fastest. And someone entered and just put an SD card on a carrier pigeon and won because the internet was so slow. <laughs> I didn't think carrier pigeons, I thought the passenger pigeons were extinct. Or it was a pigeon, it was some sort of avian. It just took the SD card to the destination and it was faster than the all the other competing ISPs. That is that is the wildest story I have heard in at least six hours. That is incredible. <laughs> six hours. Whoa. Uh, I'm getting stories. So you heard something wilder at uh one what's one thirty where you are. Yeah, I've been awake for at least Atlanta. three hours. And I had some weird dreams, so I'm including those huh? uh, <laughs> in that number. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yes. one way or another. We're going to get you, get you, get you, get you content. So I was actually, that's where my brain went to. Wow. Right. Right to Blondie, right wow. to some Debbie Harry. Um, well, Mike, how have you been? We, God, it's been oh two years since been, we had it's you been on. Two whole Almost years. Exactly. Uh, no, yeah. I've, I've been really well. Um, we, if you don't know, you do, but if you don't know, uh, intrepid listener, uh, we used to live in Long Beach, California, and in November we moved back to my hometown of York, Pennsylvania, uh, to be with family and to kind of get a handle on things. What with the pandemic, uh, the dreaded P word. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been really good to be with family. It's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, safely hanging out with what friends I know. Um, you know, one of my oldest friends named Greg still lives here. So I've been waving at him, uh, safely and hanging out, talking music. I've been taking on guitar repairs and I've been really putting in the effort on the old YouTube channel. And, uh, that has been maybe the most exciting development of this entire last year has been, uh, the realization that I am capable of making videos, uh, some of yes. varying quality, but I think it's going pretty well. I like your videos. Oh, thanks, bud. 
I think I invited you to a super secret Discord chat. Yes, you FYI. did. Yes, you did. And I need to, I need to figure out how to click on that because <laughs> I'm ancient. <laughs> I'm nearly forty. I it don't does, know what a Discord it is. It does expire. It does expire. Oh wait, for real? Wait, let me look. Yeah. At, how much time do I have? <laughs> I'm gonna do it right now. Oh shoot! Probably like four days. That's not bad. Oh, oh. Did click. it already expire? No, I clicked join. It's a big green button. That's easy. Oh. I like green buttons. Usually but, less exciting than the red buttons, but also usually less consequential. The shiny the red, red buttons. button. Got any Ren and Stimpy fans? In <laughs> no, nobody got that reference. Ren and, Ren and Stimpy wasn't really my my favorite, to be honest. It was. I was not supposed to be watching it, but I did. Oh. I firmly believe, like you, when you say that you weren't supposed to be watching it, because I probably wasn't supposed to be watching it. And I did not come from. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be watching a lot of shit, like uh, Care Bear. Well, I got Care Bears eventually, but like anything that bordered on what my parents thought witchcraft was, I wasn't allowed to. Have. Oh, um, yes, oh, yeah. Ooh, they had uh, people in my Ooh. church had problems with Gargamel from Smurfs. Um, so, which one's that? Gargamel from Smurfs. He was the, I'm going to eat the Smurfs. I forget what he wanted to do with the Smurfs, but he wanted them gone or in his boiling pot. I completely forget what his whole steez was. I think Gargamel <laughs> wanted to eat the Smurfs. Is that right? I can't I remember if it was like I've, I've eat or Smurfs. enslave or just generally oppress and, you know, all, all the sorts of actions that um, white conservatives have a problem with. And, uh, <laughs> That's very good. That's a very good take. I love that <laughs> so much. Uh, um, <laughs> that's my politics boiled down. <laughs> I'm anti-Smurf. <laughs> what have the Smurfs well, done for uh, me? Smurfs. Hey, be- did you hear how I pluralized Smurfs? <laughs> Smurfs. 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 Like well, that makes sense because, like, you don't say wolves. You say wolves. You say loaves. Archers of loaves. We broke Mike. It's been five minutes. Smurfs. I'm going to think Smurfs. about that the rest of the day. Smurfs. Oh, cool. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, Wow. Simple pleasures these days, folks. I'm old enough where, you know, it just takes <laughs> takes the one little thing to get me going. Man, mm. yeah. That feels good, though. Feels real good. <laughs> feels real good to laugh. Feels good to laugh <laughs> again. Laughing is so important. <laughs> feels good. Feels real good, boy. Good to laugh. <laughs> you got a real good laugh, boy. Uh, you got a real good laugh there, buddy. Got a real pretty laugh. There's something uh, something magical about laughter, and uh, yeah, n- and not in the witchcraft sense. Oh, I'm not allowed to laugh. Right? Right. Forbidden. There's. Wow. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't know the production value had gone so far uh, on this show. Damn, you got sound effects. Yeah, I have. I have my little soundboard. What I really wish I remember, remember when there was that Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard, and yes. it would have little little things like, "Who is your daddy, and what does Who he do?" Who is your daddy? I listen to I, me. I loved it. 
not a Duma. <laughs> that, that soundboard, if I remember correctly, had Mr. Freeze quotes. She's giving me the cold shoulder. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite Schwarzenegger role. Oh my God. He really committed. He committed. He was he was very impressive. He was very impressive. Yeah. Just an impressive man. I was arguing with somebody and they were like, Nick Cage is bad. Or like oh, I think they said like Phoebe Bridger smash her her acting smashing that guitar was as bad as watching a Nick Cage. Boo. Maybe I'm like Nick Cage commits to everything he does. And, and also, sometimes the roles are bad, but he commits so heavily to them. I know you guys already covered the Bridgers Smash uh gate incident, right. but I just want to comment. Dan Electro guitars are incredibly difficult to smash. There are yeah. there are so few people who could have done better than her. Masonite does not give. So No. You know, it's it's great. She a valiant effort. I enjoyed the production value of the sparking fake monitor. That was my favorite part. I thought that was really funny. My, uh, my stage manager friend and I immediately talked about it. She was like, that was a mistimed charge. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it didn't go off at the right time. Uh, but I loved it. I, I'm fully in support. Anyway. Yeah, that was good. I made like... I made money off of that video. Nice. <laughs> a lot of people watched it. I saw that you <laughs> like, got on that. You got on that grind, and I was very proud of you. I had also thought about making a video, but I was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care enough to <laughs> spend time on this. All right. That's valid. Uh, you know, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to sound like I didn't care, but like but you know. I couldn't imagine. I, I, the thing is, I put out that video because I thought too many people cared too much. Yes, and, and <laughs> that's a great you way did to put the it. exact right thing. Yeah. You, you, you. Like, here's your 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 dumb, stupid comment, and here's why it's wrong. <laughs> you struck while the iron is hot. You did it. I'm, yeah, I, I had mean, to. I mean, yeah. If I if I had cared just a little bit more, maybe I would have too. But I was like. I don't feel like making a video today. Like, that's not going to happen. I think I was just in shock with how upset people were over. I'm like, you guys say rock and roll is here. Here you go. <laughs> yes. Is this not, are you not entertained? God, this is entertainment. It's always entertaining when you're hanging out with entertainers. Yeah, exactly. It's, it should be a show. It's theater. It's spectacle. Come on. Yeah. Let's have a little fun. It was, it was friggin' hilarious. Honestly, it's like a lot of the same like folks that had a problem with that were like, but also, like, Kiss is their favorite band. Like, look at all of the absurd theatrics that they had. Like, come on. Alice Cooper. I don't like, know how just, many people. It's performance. Uh, I only like players well, who like, naturally I, shoot sparks out of their headstocks. I only like it when pickups spontaneously combust on their own. Ridiculous. Uh, I only like it when the neck is just glued on just enough that it smashes real easy. Oh, uh, you're not a real star man unless the makeup is tattooed on your face, bro. Ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, and that's oh, how we got Post Malone. So, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> going after Posty. Oh my God! Do you have I the like clout post. for that? Do you have the clout card no. to go after Posty? No. Oh no! I, like <laughs> I hope he doesn't have stands like Taylor Swift does. That would like eviscerate us for saying that. Maybe. I mean, you you never Maybe. can tell these days. Everyone's got a stand and. You know, I really hope that nothing comes out problematic about him because I find him genuinely likable. Oh, about Posty? <laughs> yeah, I think he seems likable. His Hot Ones like, interview was like, really fun. Oh, was it? Does he seem like a nice guy? I can't tell. I can't tell. I, can't I have tell no ability him. to judge. I've only ever seen him in uh, music videos and in that Norman's video and on Hot Ones. So He seemed nice in the Norman's seemed video. Seemed chill. Kind of, yeah. Seemed yeah, chill. Seemed chill. Yeah. Although I think it's funny that he started getting those tattoos because Justin Bieber had a lot of tattoos. And he's like, 
I'm harder than Justin Bieber. <laughs> I did not that, know. Was, that was how it started. I'm like, and he uses this music, and you're like, is he hard? Yeah. I don't know if I believe half of the Calvin Klein ads I saw with Justin you know, Bieber being harder than him is. Um, uh, I thought that was Kate a, McKinnon in those I ads. say if a person is truly hard, then they don't need the tattoos. Hard is a state of mind. If someone can truly write a song, they do not need to smash a guitar. Says David Crosby. Doesn't matter how cold it is. Um, What what has David Crosby really written? Wasn't he just kind of like the vocalist guy in that band? I don't know. There's there's a reason that nobody talks to him anymore. (laughs) Isn't that that famous Neil, Neil Young quote? Like... Like David Crosby could write a should write a book called Why No One Ever Talks to Me Anymore. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I see Guinevere. He wrote Guinevere. And then I, I don't I mean I don't he's written a lot of lines, but none of them were lyrics. So <laughs> You thought about that one for a while, I feel like. <clears throat> Sorry. Cocaine jokes. Um we know. We knew what that joke was about. Andrew. I don't know what any <laughs> drug is. I'm too innocent. Um, so what there's this thing called drugs? witchcraft. And <laughs> I, I know all too well what that means, my little pony. Oh, don't go there. Um, it's sad. But for entirely different reasons. I love that um, show. I loved the – well, the old show in the 80s. I was a big fan. I had my, my Knight Rider Michael Knight action figure and a couple of my mm-hmm. little ponies and I would make them marry each other. Aww. I had a weird, I had a weird childhood where like certain things were forbidden, but also I had My Little Ponies and I had Knight Rider and I had all like all my toys were very disparate and of different genres. Um, so you know, creativity had a lot of fun. Love, love that I put that out on the internet. Great. We'll we'll just yes. make sure to clip that and uh, no, pop it I in mean, my Discord. I don't really edit these. I'm not gonna edit this. No, I'm saying I'm no. You, even... you just clip it and also publish it separately. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Have fun. You can make, do that. I don't make, care. Make a weird uh, YouTube thumbnail with a lot of like angry looks. Mike had My <laughs> Little Ponies. <laughs> the erosion wait you of values. The, wait, Ten things wait you wish you had known before you watch Mike Adams' YouTube channel. <laughs> wait till you see the thumbnail for the video that we're the secret video that we're working on together, Mike. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I can't wait to well, see it. I, I can't to wait to hear that. about it. It's secret. I don't know. Secret. Well, well, I'll tell you later. You can't say anything. It's a secret. Don't <laughs> spoil secret. the secret. Can't spoil the secret. I, I, I should be surprised. There's so many secrets this episode that we can't talk about. It's yeah. kind of a bummer, but hey. hey. So uh, something cool happened to me this week. Can I, can what I share cool that happened? Well, Absolutely. Share. I'm sorry for that sense. <laughs> my, 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 my band Sunday Crush, uh, we released a uh, cover of the Santa Gold song Lights Out as part of a compilation called Eat the Rich, Hell which yes. is a compilation of covers from the Gossip Girl soundtrack. So that's Damn. on Bandcamp. That rules. And all the money goes toward a great cause. I love it. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank y'all, you, Stereo Gum and rip. Brooklyn Vegan. Sarah Gum and Brooklyn Vegan both wrote about the comp. So. Oh, that rules. Oh, yeah. yeah. Congratulations, friend. Thank you. Yay. It was really exciting. And it was the first um, first time I played guitar on a record with Sunday Crush. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Because I'm not on the album. Yeah. It was fun. I recorded all the guitar parts. That rips. And the synth parts. And the synth parts. Wow. 
Fancy. Well, I used it. I played uh, the Enzo. <laughs> still synth? Still cool? Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It was really cool. You listen to it with headphones so you can enjoy the hard panning. Oh. Another type of hard that. that's underrated. <laughs> yes. I also got some new stuff. I got these two walrus pedals, the D1 yeah. and the ACS one. Cool. So I haven't played with them very much, but I'm excited. And then they're sending me the R1 soon, so... I will have to build a whole stereo board that's just walrus pedals. That's exciting. Can I show you something I got this week? Yes. yes. Oh, it like says it's... Ernie Ball. It says it, it, foil. That? Oh, baritone set. baritone set. Yeah. Uh, my, my buddies at Ernie Ball and I have been talking a lot lately about uh, offsets <clears throat> and string length specifically because some, some brands – uh, the high E almost doesn't reach the tuner on a Jazzmaster. I'm sure you've experienced that. Yep. So we've been we've been making some adjustments here and there to try and uh, nice. accommodate extra string length because there's like five extra inches on a Jazzmaster um, right. string length. So we're uh, we're working on that. We're making some adjustments, and that might actually bleed into the rest of the string line. So I'm really excited about that. That's uh, cool. But the baritone strings are specifically for my Creston offset baritone uh um, because also oh. strings don't reach that thing it's too long so yeah I, i'm really excited to fire those up uh, i don't think there's What's gonna... the body shape on that crest and berry oh, let me let me get it it's just a jazz master one sec. Oh, okay all right dun 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 Oh, nice. love that beat. I got a baritone teleconversion neck for my offset telecaster. Oh, cool. That's going to rip. Yeah, it is. Oh, I and love I got it. And I got the Lawler Royalty in the neck pickup and just a classic tele bridge. Well, I might get a Seymour Duncan um, bridge pickup for the tele offset tele Oh, that's instead. awesome. That's a really good yeah. idea. I hadn't even thought about the offset telecaster, but that that's a really good platform for a baritone. That's a really yeah. good idea. Oh, I've already wired that. that thing to hell and back. Like I've already done so much. I've, I put the big B on it. I got the four way wiring. I got the Stratocaster voice neck pickup. God, and that's I'm like, cool. ah, I just, I just make it a baritone. What uh, what scale length neck did you get? Uh, the Fenders, uh, the one they sell on their website. Oh, the, the Subsonic or the I'm trying to remember no, what that know. is. Honestly, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. I bought this months ago and just have not really accessed my garage. Like most of the winter I like put off projects like the parts cast yep. concierge body. I just kind of like didn't do anything with it. And now I'm like, all right, I cleaned up the garage. Cause it was, I think the big thing is it was just the treadmill in there for like uh, five months, six months. I mean, what is this and period of time? Yeah. If not for putting off projects that you could easily finish in a day or two, I, I have yeah. so many of my own. I fully understand. <laughs> I, I right. feel personally attacked by that on so many <laughs> levels. No, I mean it. I've got so many things I've been meaning to do, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe I'll get to them someday. Yeah. Finally got fretwork tools, so uh, yeah. Finally, there are, there are some there are some things I'm gonna finally have to do, and I'm not looking forward to it. Like my my twelve, nice. I need to completely uh, level and crown that thing, and I've been putting it off for years. Yeah. <sighs> You know, 
guitar tech problems. Hashtag guitar tech complaints. Tech problems. Yeah. Though so I guess uh, speaking of guitar techs, we helped Steve Selvage from the Hold Steady fixes. fixes I'm so guitar. excited about that. I'm glad that we tag teamed that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was just like asking questions. I'm like, so it just stopped working suddenly? He's like, a couple months ago. And I was like, and the output's okay? Yeah. I, I, I usually don't. I try not to pop into people's DMs with unsolicited advice. But Steve and I have talked so much recently that I was like, this will be okay. And I, I just immediately wrote, I was like, check your solder joints. Check your solder joints. It's got to be a solder joint. <laughs> Um, I mean, you're right. Well, I mean, that's the first thing I do on, especially jazz masters where the wires are coming out of the terminals and get bent. Like that's always yeah. the first thing to go. I have, I have saved myself so many hundreds of dollars in replacement pickups or rewinds just by like yeah. touching a solder joint. So I'm really I've, glad I've that's what it was. Friends. Yeah. I've had friends like give me their guitars and like, I think the pickups are busted. I'm like, let me look. Oh, this wire is not connected. Exactly. Yeah. Or they're fraying a little bit. It's 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 uh, it's sometimes just the simple things, and I'm Look really for the happy. Easy stuff first. Easy stuff first. Yeah, always do the easy stuff first. Swap a cable out. Maybe it's your cable. Like <laughs> this, there's so many things in between the guitar and the amp that could go wrong. So yeah, yeah. yeah but, but then how else yeah. am I supposed to justify spending exorbitant amounts on nice new gear? <laughs> oh, it's broken. I don't know how to fix Guess it. Guess I have to I buy a new amp. I spent eight hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah. I guess I'm getting a new guitar because this guitar doesn't work anymore. Throw it out. It doesn't work. Oh, I broke a <laughs> string. Uh, Carol Kay used to do that when she would break a string. Uh, she'd just get, like, trade the instrument and in and get a fresh set of flat wounds on a new P bass. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah. That's a Carol Kay story. Hilarious. It kind of is. Her. It kind of is. I mean, I love her too. Uh, I love her sound and her playing, but like, I, that she's, that story I cannot fathom. I cannot fathom that. She's a she's a wild personality. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I can't imagine doing that once I've bonded with an instrument. I, I mean, she. It really seems like her take on instruments is that they are tools completely. Like yeah. she doesn't seem to be sentimental about them at all. She doesn't seem to be doesn't care about doing anything the right way. Like, yeah. if someone gave her a guff for playing bass with a pick, she'd be like. Uh, you mean the one that I used on Pet Sounds? Yeah, <laughs> and it's the best. I'm 100% so pick. I love that sound so much. You can buy oh. – like she sells bass picks on her website, and I bought oh, some. I didn't and they're actually know that. Traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Rules. Good for her. Way to do it. Another Speaking example of, her, of grind. Yesterday was International Women's Day, so nice to oh, talk Oh, the about international that. one too. Wow. Yes. And for anyone asking or wondering, International Men's Day is in November. Yeah. Shut the hell up. Yeah. We'll talk to you in November. Big dummies looking at calendar. <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> Speaking of that. Hey, Andrew, what's new with you, buddy? <laughs> yeah. What, what does that have to do with Google? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, I wanted to find a transition and then I didn't really want to work too hard for it. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so what's new with me is, uh, golly. Uh, so Fox Sky Row, this has been a month of a lot of very boring businessy type stuff that I'm trying to get knocked out in the back. So that way I can have that whole foundation of like that stuff's taken care of. Now I can focus on new designs and planning out a, a, like a calendar of releases and stuff like that for the rest of the year. Um, mm. And focusing on the marketing, the f connecting with people, collaborations, all the fun things that I want to be able to do, but I probably mm. should, you know, finish doing things like paying my taxes. 
um, <laughs> for the state. <laughs> and why pay taxes when government doesn't pay us? <laughs> you know, paying taxes and uh, making sure, yeah, it, mostly it's financial stuff and. Mm. As well as I like now, I have a business license on my wall. Apparently, I'm supposed to put it there. Ooh, very yeah. adult of you. Very adult of you. Wow. Well, it's a little adult, but I also use thumbtacks, so not quite as adult. And <laughs> well, well, they're sticky, they're prickly, and they can hurt you. So that's very adult. Kids aren't allowed to use thumbtacks. Don't let a kid near a thumbtack. Adults. The same could be A-okay. said about lawn darts um, <laughs> or darts of any kind. Right. You're not old enough for lawn darts, and I'm because I'm not old enough for lawn darts. <laughs> they are so I've been working on that, but in the meantime, uh, as we're as I'm working through that, and Melissa has been so helpful with um, helping me wade through all of the nonsense, as well as just motivating me slash also kind of just doing a lot of it herself because she's. I've been putting off a lot of projects that I could just do in a day or two, um, so she's been so so helpful with. All of this, um, and I really appreciate it. And, and we've also been um, looking over the ideas for the parts caster build, and so going through a whole lot of finish ideas, trying to figure out like, oh, this could be cool, but is are we a little out of our depth and wanting to do like a paisley or like a wallpaper finish, then refin over the top of that, then intentionally relicate on the forearm to show? So um, I think that as long as you have like patience, I think we'd have slowly. patience. Yeah, just work slowly. <clears throat> Have you ever talked to Paul Frank? I don't think so. Uh, have me, we ever talked to Paul Frank? No, I wish. Well, no. I, I mean, he's super active in the guitar community. I, yeah. I'm not trying to name drop. I just can't remember who right. he knows. Uh, but, have you ever talked to Billy Gibbons? Have you, well, you know, the beard. <laughs> it's yeah. no big deal. Uh, no, Paul, Paul has a lot of experience in that. I should uh, introduce you to. I'm sure that you would all get along. Yeah, I, I would appreciate that. Yeah, he's got extensive experience recovering things. I mean, he's he's like designed with the custom shop wallpaper that he's printed himself. So I'm I'm sure he would have some advice for you. I'll try and I'll try and make that introduction today or tomorrow. I got you. Well, thank you very Andrew, much. I really appreciate that. Oh, but of course. Andrew, what, if you found, what if you found a wrapping paper that was like Star Wars Paisley? So we don't want to do Paisley specifically. A little so job like, we'll, of the hut instead of a Paisley <laughs> roll. Uh, we just call that Antigua Burst. And uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, wow. No, so we've been looking at stuff. So we'll say kind of like the idea of uh, of doing incorporation of wallpaper and, and showing it over the forearm, um, especially with like a forearm bezel on a Jazzmaster. It'd be very I think it'd be a lot easier to make that look natural and show enough of it to make mm. it worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, without making it look like I just took an angle grinder, not angle grinder, uh, like a belt sander to it. Ah, um, thank you for your hard but, work. <laughs> Please don't do put that. The, put, the, put the sandpaper on your forearm and just play it for a while. <laughs> I have some, done that before. Uh, does it work? Yeah, it does. If you get the right grit, you don't want to get like, you want to get What's like right 800 or 1,000. You want something that's relatively smooth <laughs> yep. to wear yep. through. Like, yeah, it totally works. I felt so, stupid doing it, but yeah, it works. If it works, it works. It totally so, works. Do it before or after you spray it with poly? Oh, I, I, I don't use poly. I use nitro whenever possible. And I'm, Andrew I, wants to use nitro. I, I want to do like, nitro. Like, uh, I hope you have a very well-ventilated space. I have, we do I have, have the great outdoors itself. <laughs> whenever I've I'm done a, refinishing. I've got a covered porch with a lot of ventilation out there and uh, so I can let that cure for as long as I need to without worrying about getting wet. I've got lacquer. Oh, I still like you. 
I've got the outdoors. I've got a fan and I've got a neighbor that I hate. So (laughs) just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) Well, so we've, we've looked at a lot of options and so like we've sat down and just gone through, um, we were actually going through your Instagram last night looking for ideas and (laughs) I know. Um, so we're going through that. We're going through Spitfire Torts uh, Instagram because there's so many phenomenal examples of like mm-hmm. just great color combinations there, um, which is also really bumming me out because I don't know if I have budget for a Spitfire Tort on this mm-hmm. build. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to do a tort if it's not a Spitfire. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, uh, check out Lava. Have you heard of Lava in the UK? I think they're I in haven't. the UK. Lava Guards is an up and coming guard maker, and theirs are also really good. Like, really Interesting. good. Uh, and a little cheaper, I think. Although I can't do math, so don't quote me on that. Oh, sure. They don't have. They don't seem to have a website. Uh, Instagram. Email Paul. It says those do look nice. Pretty good. I will have to give that a look. Anyway, so we've we spent a whole bunch of time looking at options. I've sketched out like 18 ideas of what I want to do for the wiring. And some of that's dependent on whether or not I'm going to splurge for a lipstick behind the bridge. Cause I've never really done behind the bridge flying, but I kind of want to learn it. Do it. Or you, <laughs> you can also, you could also use a gold foil that'll surface mount easily back there. If you don't want to route, that's a good option for that. Have I'm going to have to do a custom routed body anyways. Oh, um, well. so I think it's less of an issue of getting the routing done and more of an issue of just knowing what I want and then committing to it before I order the body. That's always the trick. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to be able to order the body, but I have to figure out, we we want, we want to be sure that we don't want to be seeing any wood grain before we decide on what wood to get. And we want to be sure of what a routing is going to be before we order a body. And that's Mm going to include like the control, control cavity. Um, It's like, I would love to, incorporate in a car an arcade switch and i don't know what for i don't know if i would want it to arcade switch could be cool for uh doing a strangle circuit it could be cool for just engaging mm-hmm. the behind the bridge pickup um yeah that could work flipping things into series i mean there's a number of things i could see like an arcade switch just being really cool for that's not just a kill switch that i'm gonna wear out and no whammy <laughs> no whammy um so we're just talking through a whole bunch of ideas and honestly, it's been really, it's been really nice to be able to sit down and just kind of for, for me to share some of this and for her to say, well, cause she does painting and stuff for her day job, painting and wallpapering. And so wanting to kind of incorporate that together, it's been a really neat bonding experience so far. And we haven't even ordered any of the parts. Um, oh, wow. So I'm really excited to continue to, to work through this project and, um, well, I'm yeah. excited for you. That sounds rad. Oh, and I, I think we want to do the old Rosewood deck. So, uh, and that I guess this leads into our sponsor. Leads into our sponsor. So, <laughs> Lambertones. This is the shirt oh. I'm wearing. Oh. Um, I don't have a shirt. You should get a shirt. This is actually one of my most comfortable t-shirts I have. Um, Lambertones. So, uh, I'm going to be going with Lambertones on this build. Uh, Curtis is so nice to work with me on this. I'm going to do an HSS. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, so doing the, his grinder, which is his higher output PAF in the, in, in the, uh, in the bridge. And then, uh, two triple shots for the neck in the middle, um, to simulate an HSS. And, uh, cause I had a strat a couple years ago and I ended up selling it and I, 
I miss it, but I, I miss having a strap, but I don't miss having that strap, if that makes sense. Hmm. And I don't necessarily sure. – like I've never really bonded with the way that like a strap feels in my hands, but I love the way offsets feel. And so why not just put a strat set and an offset body? So that's kind of Do where it. we're going with that. Very excited for this set of pickups because um, I've played as triple shots before. I've played as grinders before. I haven't played the combination set together, but I mean, I love the way both of them sound and what could go wrong. Um, so yeah, no, that Curtis is great. He does phenomenal work and he's super flexible. So if you've got a project in mind, reach out to Curtis. Um, Lambertones is what you should do. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And the all rosewood neck. Sorry. Because I'm doing strat set of pickups, uh, Fender's got an all rosewood neck on their, on their mm-hmm. website right now, but it's got Stratocaster engraved. It's not super prominent. How, how wrong would it be to put a neck that says Stratocaster on a Jazzmaster body with Stratocaster pickups? I'll just Why would it be it? weird? Why would it be weird? I don't know. I kind of like it's- how like, because it's, like, it's a Strat setup, it's like my my offset Telecaster says Telecaster, even though it's a Jazzmaster. I feel body. like it's just cheeky and rebellious enough without being like, because it's just engraved. It's not like a decal or anything. I'd be I'd be more upset about the shape of the headstock being wrong. <laughs> I, I don't like the Strat headstock nearly as much as a, the slightly swoopier Jazzmaster. But sure. uh, you can, you can always resurface that or like inlay your own weird like made up name Water if you slide. want. Yeah, go crazy. Yeah. You could water slide it. You could get an uh, an engraving kit for a Dremel and do it by hand. That'd be kind of fun. You that- would want to practice on scrap wood quite a lot <laughs> before <laughs> digging into a very nice all rosewood. It's a neck. skill wood, that yeah. you can develop yourself. Wow! <laughs> and then you could add that to your repertoire. It's definitely something because well, Melissa's done a bunch of wood burning before, and she's pretty handy at it. Oh, I'm not saying rules. I would wood burn. I'm not saying I would wood burn on a rosewood neck because I'm not sure that would. I'm not sure if that would there be enough contrast there to work. Maybe not. Um, but so, along that in. same realm of uh, she's, I, I'm going to brag for a second. Oh, she boy. will just walk into like a. She'll be told, "Hey, we want a mural in this room of the house," and she'll just walk in and freehand it, the whole like the entire wall, and just boom. That rules. That's cool. she's ridiculously oh, talented. And I'm sure she's blushing because she's in the other room right now. Um, <laughs> but it needs to be said. Nice. Want to incorporate that talent? I'm glad you said it. I'm glad someone um, finally said. It. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say it frequently, and for good reason. Oh, good. Well. Anyways, um, that was a lot of me talking. What a touching moment yeah, that as happens. well. I know. Um, <laughs> it happens at um, least once we, an episode. Yeah, that's true. We all do it. Um, but uh, we have a topic today that we specifically wanted um, Mike's input on. Indeed. And it is kind of the topic of guitar theft. And that 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 one came to us this week we saw in the Six of Cycle Hum group, I think it was Vintage Guitar Magazine. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Had an enormous theft of at least dozens of guitars. I think it was 170 in total. That's over a gross of guitars. <laughs> I have never been clear on what a gross is. That's fantastic. Thank you for clearing that up. <clears throat> gross is, is a dozen dozen. It's 144. Oh. I think cool. I knew that somewhere in the back of my brain, 
But I don't know if I could have recalled that if questioned. Absolutely. Well, once I actually bought a gross of guitar picks, so you learned that. Ah, you learned the hard way on that one. <laughs> Who sells guitar picks by the gross? Wow. Oh, eBay? Oh. Sellers on eBay? Is the answer that, I mean, that's fair, but it seems so. Okay. Sorry, I'm just wrapping my brain around the, the idea that people I, with I need a to... lot of guitar picks want me like, mm-hmm. hey, oh, you get okay. a discount. I'm going to remember what gross, like the, what the gross number is from here on out, so I don't get bamboozled or led astray it's in the future. By Twelve, it's, it's easy, whatever, dude. Um, so yes, yeah, so a bunch of guitars got stolen mm-hmm. out of a storage unit, but over the course of like tw- two months. Yeah, uh, September to December, I believe. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, so uh, from my understanding, then it's like the guy was last there on in September and then he came back in Mm -hmm. December and all his guitars were gone. That's, that's what I understand to be true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of guitars for, um, a lot of guitars. One, one lift. I suppose. I got to imagine they made a couple trips. Do you think they made a couple trips? Had to have. There's there's enough time in there that you could theoretically leave and come back and leave and come back. Uh, I mean, especially to steal something like bringing an entire big rig uh, with a trailer (laughs) to do it all at once would be incredibly obvious. But yeah, yeah, I would imagine it was multiple trips. That's what I would assume. I don't want to assume anything about this, but yeah, yeah, multiple trips would make sense logistically, unless there's a caravan of <laughs> thieves with their Range Rovers or what have you. What, what would be less inconspicuous, a caravan of thieves or just like one 18 wheeler rolling up? I feel like an 18 wheeler, I feel like that would raise more questions. Like people go in and out of storage units all the time. And if they, the people yeah. who did this happen to have one, there it would it would be more conspicuous i feel like yeah do you think it was an inside job like somebody else who had i we shouldn't we should, i mean i imagine yeah. in my brain that it was somebody else who had access to the storage unit facility i think this is like, an oceans 11 or oceans 8 scenario yeah. entirely it's like all right gang here's the plan we're gonna go in we're gonna use an emp to shut down the electricity in the air <laughs> like don Cheadle's working at a terminal um i i it could be. It could just be someone who figured it out. Someone like yeah. that's a lot of guitars to keep secret. Um, and it's a, it's. I don't know how you sell that many guitars. Like I feel like you have. There has to be. Like it's it's a very long game to sell that many guitars yeah. that are so rare and old. Yeah, and can command so much money. And we can't. We're not going to name names. We know that people did buy. Yeah. These guitars. Some some of these guitars had been sold already. Yeah, and to to uh, reputable players. Uh, one one outlet that I'm aware of that had had them only had two or three of them. So it seems like whoever did this was smart enough to spread it out a little bit. Like you don't right. take 170 guitars to the local mom and pop shop and you're like, I want to offload all this. So spreading Should it you out. You bring five guitars to a shop and they're like, mm, 
Yeah. It's weird. But like, uh, th- and usually like having owned a guitar shop, usually at some point you go, so where'd this come from? What's the story? And what's the provenance of it? Exactly. Do you have documentation? Um, yeah. and why is there a crowbar and a Cirque saw in your trunk? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I you asked know, that we, question once when I worked at Guitar Center. Broken? We do prefer yeah. you wear a mask, but you don't need the ski mask. Can you at least remove that so we can? <laughs> Oh, sorry. I didn't know I was still wearing this. <laughs> How embarrassing. I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I thought I ordered baklava and with a balaclava and I thought I'd just wear it. Yeah, you know, you know, like there's, there's so little information about this. I understand the jump to skepticism and the jump to, you know, this doesn't make sense or it smells fishy, but there have been stories recently of uh, people discovering that they have been robbed. Uh, from a storage unit uh, through a hole in the wall of an adjacent unit. Like someone would rent the storage unit right next to something where they knew something was being kept uh, and do it that way. And I mean, like from the outside, you never know. You drive by, you see your doors closed, you go, it looks secure to me. Um, So there's there's any number of ways this could have happened. And I I don't, I'm trying, I'm like, I'm choosing empathy over like immediate, like there are a lot of people like, this smells like an insurance scam. And it, uh, that doesn't hold up, especially now it, that some have been recovered. Scam, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't that wouldn't make any sense, really, unless you were thinking you would get paid twice. Yeah, but I mean, but if you says, can afford that many guitars, what are the odds that you need to commit high level insurance fraud? Now that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, for the thrill you, of it, if you treat these things like investments, then like something bad could ostensibly happen. For sure. Maybe he was shorting GameStop. We don't know. Hey. Oh, maybe he was one of the hedge fund managers that lost yeah. everything on GameStop. Yeah. You know, I mean, things, things, but things happen and people need things to go liquid. But like, why wouldn't you just sell the guitars? Look, things have been really hard for me. Craig GameStop, owner of GameStop. <laughs> I need to raise cash for my family. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think it holds up because like, I don't, I don't know. But as far as like, these are hard guitars to sell. Like, um, so my tuna tone here, the, oh, the prototype yeah. of the tuna tone was stolen several years ago and it was re- uh, recovered at a, at a pawn shop. Wow. And I think the person who stole it was like, Oh, a guitar. I can get a couple hundred bucks for a guitar. But of course, like, though these instruments are handmade, not cheap, not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the, the, the pawn shop owner was like, 20 bucks, give you 20 bucks for it. Like, yeah, seriously, bought a tuna tone for $20, kept it in their where in their back room for three months. And like the day they put it out, someone was like, ah, like that one. fast because it's such a unique guitar. Absolutely. That, that is exactly what's happening with this collection. Uh, I recognized a few immediately because uh, the bulk of these guitars were extraordinarily rare custom color offsets, or at least the bulk that are pictured on the vintage guitar announcement. Uh, many of which had gold hardware, which is even rarer. Um, there, yeah, there are a few that I recognized immediately, and those are hard to sell. And the sad thing is that they had been sold already. Um, so when when you own a guitar shop, having owned a guitar shop, I can uh, add a little uh, experience to this conversation. But there's a thing called police hold, where you have to mm-hmm. hold a piece of gear that you buy for at least 30 days um, while it runs through the system to check against serial numbers and descriptions of things that have been reported stolen. 
And usually that catches things. I mean, that's, it's not a perfect system by any means, but it does catch things. And, and we have, uh, inadvertently, like accidentally sold things that have been stolen that, you know, the system didn't catch like that. It just happens. It sucks. And that, that conversation with the person who bought a thing, um, it always blows. And as a shop, like you have insurance, uh, but sometimes, you know, you just have to eat the sale and, and I, you know, we always, we always felt that like that sucks, especially for us, but we'd rather, you know, do the right thing than worry so much about the four grand that we're out now. And usually we got it back. Um, something like this sucks, especially bad because there's this three month period where this owner didn't know that they'd been robbed. And so things could have, you know, very well been on police hold for 30 days and checked out because they weren't reported yeah. stolen yet. And uh it absolutely sucks that and like you're right emily these things are incredibly rare recognizable guitars there's one in particular a jaguar that was pictured that i saw it and i said i know exactly who has this because it's such a unicorn of a guitar um that there's no mistaking it and uh yeah sadly that has already been sent back as well i mean no not sadly i mean it's good that the owner still sucks for the person who bought it i wrote them i was like hey i'm sorry for popping your dms like this but uh yeah, I, I recognized yeah. your guitar. I hate to be the guy to tell you this, or maybe you already know, but yeah. And yeah, it turns out they, they knew only a few short weeks after they had acquired it, it's already been sent back to the owner. It's all worked out, but still it sucks. Theft sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even if you don't have the serial numbers, if you have photographs of these guitars, things like dings and scratches in them are as unique as fingerprints. Easily identifiable. Yep. Yeah. That happened to Kathleen Edwards up in, um, up in Canada. She had a, Vintage Les Paul Jr. stolen. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, she put up this long message like, you cannot sell this guitar to anybody. You cannot play this guitar live. People will see this guitar and they will ask questions because it is rare, because it is vintage, because if you're stealing guitars, like, like, and it ended up like it never got stolen. Whoever got it, I guess, got spooked, held onto it, and then just kind of dumped them in a park one day. God. Yeah, just put them in a plastic bag, put them on a park bench. It was like, eh, I guess someone will find them. And someone did find them and recognize them and um, Thank called Kathleen's uh, coffee shop. And she was driving there within 15 minutes of, like, the guitars being found. Like, I love- it's hard to sell these kinds of guitars. But what I also know that happens, and I've heard horror stories in this, especially in Texas – People will have guitars stolen and they'll be driven straight across the border yeah. to be sold. Yep. Like entire uh, tour vans. Yeah. Of gear. That sucks. God. Yeah. It sucks so much. I would be heartbroken. I, I hope that never happens to me. Uh, and how heartbreaking, how heartbreaking to lose, to lose anything. It, I mean, theft is never great, but you know, yeah. if guitars are, you know, even even if this person is a collector and just really has an affinity for the guitar, like there's still important artifacts. There's still mm-hmm. uh, a significance to them, you know, as music making machines, as like things we bond with. Like, ah, like if uh, yeah. I, just, I can't even I can't even bring myself to say what what if something happened to Pancake? Like, oh, that, that would <laughs> What's end. What's going to happen to my, my teeny tuna? I'm with yeah. you. Oh, I can't imagine that heartbreak. I'm so sorry that happened to you. It didn't happen to me. Oh, it didn't happen to you? 
No, it happened to Layla, the the builder. Oh, it was. I like, thought it was yours in Stolen. Oh, no, she loaned the prototype out to a friend who oh. played guitar, and then that friend got robbed. That's even worse. Oh, it was the God. only prototype she had. It was what she takes to like guitar shows. It's what uh, she sends to people who are interested but don't know if they like can commit to a build. Well, I'm so sorry that well, happened. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> to have a mm-hmm. thing that you worked so hard on stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the fury that would arise within me. Oh, I know, man. But uh, no, she got it back. It's back home. Uh, no worse for wear. Good. Good. <laughs> but um, so like I I, I know that Andrew, this is Andrew asked this in, in the, the before we talked about um before we hit record rather. But like, what do you do if somebody steals your guitar? What do you do if your guitar is stolen? Uh, it's always good to have photographs and to write down serial numbers and to keep pictures or descriptions of identifying marks, um, such as things written in the cavities, pictures of like the neck pocket. If it's a vintage guitar, that will help immensely. Pictures of the end of the neck uh, for the date. Um, you know, Pancake, I'm looking at Pancake. It's got that like eye of Jupiter on the uh, armware position. It's also got some cigarette burns. Uh, that are pretty easily identifiable, um, wear patterns, um, you know, uh, I, I may or may not have written my name <laughs> in certain places as well. You know, just yeah. anything you can do to make doing it that in, uh, in the routing. I've heard about people doing that in the oh, routing. Yeah. Anything you can do to make it clear that it's your instrument will help. Uh, there's also a, a system it's like a low jack for a guitar where it's like a, a microchip that sends out an RFID signal and you can scan it and have your info. It's like when, when you uh, put a chip in a, a beloved pet, like same thing, yep. uh, same thing. So there, and there are many ways to hide that on a jazz master, which is great. But, um, you know, there, uh, and it also, we'll also say in the event this happens and you can't get your thing back, like get renters or home insurance, like make sure that your stuff is covered. Send all that info to the insurance company. Get them all. That doesn't appraised. Work, so if, you play, if you play out, you need special. If you play out, oh, yeah. you need special. Insurance. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, I have a personal artifacts policy for my guitars. And that seems they, they've told me that is that is that I'm covered even when I play out. Oh, see, that's great. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Pancake is literally a guitar you like someone stole that, they could not True. sell that. Yeah. Not this Most of my guitars that. are weird enough that I think they would be immediately identifiable. Like 3PO, I don't think could go anywhere without being recognized. Pancake as well. Well, I mean, maybe they didn't recognize them because of the red arm. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a Star Wars joke. This guy over here gets it. Ah, he's a real true fan. You um, made him blush. Yeah, so... Yeah, you know, have but in the event you don't have things that are intensely recognizable, then yeah, do anything you can to make it clear that it is your instrument. Um Yeah, and and sometimes even that isn't enough. Honestly, it sucks. Absolutely sucks. So what happens if um uh, let's say you buy an instrument and find out that it was stolen and so of course you do the right thing, you return it, but what about the money that you're out of pocket? Like what with insurance? What is the process of getting that money back? Sometimes you'll get it back. Other times, there's just there's no hope. Like you got to give the money back to the person who bought it. You got to give the thing back to the person it belongs to. Like sometimes there's just no hope for that. Um, or you know, I've I've heard of examples of people like 
buying a guitar in a parking lot. I paid 150 for this. And it's like, yes, of course, here's your 150 bucks. Like you're not out anything. Yep. Maybe I'll double that because you let me know. Um, yep. Yeah. So there's, there's all kinds of ways it can go. Sometimes it just doesn't work out for anybody really. So yeah. I know a buddy of mine bought, um, when I was down in LA and working at the Pasadena location at Guitar Center, he bought, uh, he was a college roommate and he also worked with me at the same location and uh, he had disappeared for an evening, uh, came back with a, with a mandolin. I mm. can't remember. I want to, no, I don't remember what, what brand it was, but it was like a nice mandolin. He's like, Oh, I got it for like 350 bucks and it should have been like a thousand dollar mandolin. Uh, and then like the next day he called me, he's like, Hey, I don't feel good about this purchase. Cause I don't think the guy knew what he had. And I'm beginning mm. to, to wonder. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, well, when we worked at Guitar Center, we get emails from all the local areas of like what gear had been stolen, just things, yeah. to, you know, the here's what to look out for. And so he went to go look and it turns out it had been stolen from the Sherman Oaks Guitar Center <laughs> like the week <laughs> before. And he's he's a Guitar Center employee. Uh, wow. So Guitar Center was kind enough to pay him his $350 back for it. Um, I'm assuming there was insurance money that went with that. Probably. Um, to recover it. Um, but like that was a happy story. Like he is a fresh college graduate and, uh, like it would have really sucked to have been out 350 bucks. Um, sure. So it was a happy story, but that's not, I don't think that's the story every time. And no, I just, I can't no. imagine like, especially with some of the more expensive vintage instruments, like the, the, the gold sparkle jack, I can't imagine like, you know, five, six grand or however much someone paid for it and not being able to get that Probably back. an immense amount of money given its provenance, given the rarity of original Fender, Fender sparkles, um, you know, being a Jaguar with bound block inlays and, uh, oh, what an incredible instrument. I feel so bad for the person who bought that. Oh. Uh, but that person, I, I'm not going to reveal who it was, but they, they got plenty of guitars. They're going to be fine. <laughs> They're going to be fine. Sure. <laughs> uh, this wasn't like, this wasn't like their first, like, white whale. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't their, like, dear vintage guitar forum. It finally happened to me. I can't believe it. No, this person's <laughs> got some Primo articles. It's going to be fine. Um, sure. Yeah. I, I but think, maybe not everyone who's going to buy an instrument secondhand like no. that is going to be in the same boat oh yeah and if you oh, were yeah. like searching for that guitar your whole life oh how devastating yep uh yeah. yeah there's there's only i'm sure i've mentioned it before but there's only one guitar that i would sell everything to get and if i had the chance to buy it for a good price and then i found out it was stolen like that's it i'm done no more what's, guitars for what's me guitar? what's the guitar uh, yeah. no comment no comment i'll, I'll take that oh. question off the air all right. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was your broadcast Because I really want it to happen someday. And I'm scared if I put it out there too much, then it's never going to happen. And then mm. if it does happen, it's going to be. You put it out there. I bet if you put it out there, if someone is going to be like, you're going to get tagged every time this guitar goes on sale. I, well, I got to think about it because this guitar, there are only three pictures of it on the Internet. Nobody knows who has it. Um you know, I, I, I'm hoping for like an American Pickers sort of thing where I just stumble upon it in the middle of America. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll show you later. I'll show you later. I'll show you later. Okay. All I right, sell so it's, everything. Not a it's not a Prince Cloud guitar. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not something that's terribly known outside of a certain circles. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed, friends. 
Fingers crossed. So another thing that I saw people comment on a lot about this, um, this particular theft was, uh, people being mad that there were so many guitars that were apparently not noticed missing for, mm-hmm. for three months. And on one hand, I get the frustration around sure. that. I think I, I don't know. I think I'm kind of mostly in the camp of like, that's a lot of guitars to just have. Yeah. There are a collect, lot of guitars. People collect that people there are people who collect everything. Yeah. And they col- and I have to imagine that collectors just really love the things that they collect. By and large, I, I think that's like every collector that I know, like I don't yeah. know any collectors who are cartoonish villains uh twisting their mustache and in, in, in the <laughs> hopes of keeping instruments. Mm, nobody's ever gonna play this again. <laughs> like that's not like most collectors. It's like, I collect bobbleheads, but I also hate bobbleheads. Exactly. <laughs> Can like, you imagine? I can't imagine. <laughs> they give me nightmares, but I can't stop collecting them. But but most of the collectors that I know and have worked with and have met are people who just have an affinity for the instrument and what it means. And, and a lot of them, by and large, are people who want to preserve them. Like, it's yeah. it's never about keeping them out of the hands of players. It's like, I can think of one person that I know really well and have sold many things to. And his whole thing is like, I, I have this money. Like I have been blessed to be able to purchase these things and keep them so that they can live on, that they're not going to be abused or broken or lost. And so, you know, not every collector is that kind hearted. Some, some may indeed be hoarders. Some may indeed, you know, yeah. be just looking for a straight profit. There are all kinds out there. Some collectors are, you know, actual players who ha- are mm. touring the world. Um, in the case of the person that I was talking about earlier, or like, you know, say what you will about Joe Bonamassa. I certainly have opinions myself. I've been to his house. And one thing is clear from the time I spent at his place is that he really does care about preserving them. And he's, and he like is the rare example of like someone who actually plays most of them out. So, you know, there are all kinds involved. Um, it reminds me of art collecting. Yeah. A lot of ways. Like you can't put every Rothko in a museum. Yeah. You can't put, you can't put every piece, um, by famous artists in, in museums. Like, There, there have to be private owners of these things and at least, hopefully at least they're enjoying them. Yeah. You know, in their homes or it makes them happy. It is, I think, a little, but you also hear about art collectors and kind of the p- getting snippety about like keeping a painting in a, in a temperature controlled vault. Yeah. And never looking at it. If I had a temperature controlled vault for things that I had, like I probably would. <laughs> probably, <laughs> I probably want that. I mean, heat and humidity on guitars. <laughs> Um, but like, you know, so I, so I understand the frustration of like somebody having too many things or like, you know, um, you know, eat the rich. I'm all about it, but this is not a person who's like voting against the minimum wage increase, you know, like it's, it's, this is not that person. Um, and I don't know this person. I don't know this particular correct collector. Uh, I know their guitars, but I don't know them. So I can't speak, uh, as to the quality of their character or their intentions, but like, Again, I'll say I'm choosing empathy. Like that sucks. Um, if yeah. this person has 170 guitars in a storage unit, chances are they've got more somewhere else. Chances are they've got more at home. Like the, and their intention is probably in the right place. Like, uh, Norm from Norm's Rare Guitars, he's got facilities that he won't disclose their location to prevent this from happening. But you always see the, the Norm's video. We just took 50 guitars out of storage and, 
I don't know. Like, yeah, his, his goal is probably commerce, but I also have met and spoken with Norm and he loves guitars. Absolutely yeah. loves them. Uh, oh, yeah. Has been, the- has been stealing them away since the 1960s, like his or stealing 70s, has been trying away. to like keep them so that they could, you know, these rare custom colors could come out fresh again someday. And yeah, he's going to make a, a, what, what is the, what's the term? Buttload of money? <laughs> he's definitely going to make that. But yeah, you know. They're gonna, a worker they're gonna is go. worth his wages as well, though. So, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not like he's like just <laughs> flipping him for fun. Uh, yeah. Like there, there's a passion to it. There's a whole lot of hard work in it. Literally yeah. just the rent on the facility to store all of them safely. Uh, I mean, yeah. And let's let's also be completely honest. Like, I, I also understand the argument about like they should be their music making machines. They should be in the hands of players. I, I partly feel the same way. Like, I get it. But it also rings kind of false to me the same way that the, you know, you should give that guitar to a child argument often yeah. does, because yeah. like you can make up like a nebulous child or a, a completely nondescript <laughs> player in your mind. But who who? is actually going to tour with an incredibly rare 66 gold sparkle Jaguar. Who is going to be the person to start wearing that finish down or to cause a refret on that? Like some of these guitars, I hate to say it, are really are, they do belong in a museum or they do belong yeah. in some place where they can be kept because there are so few original Fender sparkles. There are so few of that particular guitar uh, like Songbirds would be a good place for that to live. And sadly, Songbirds Museum does not exist anymore. But I mm, I get it. I get it. I get it. I think as a guitar tech, as someone who loves the guitar, like I do also see the value in preserving these things for future generations because I like – like I yeah. – <laughs> I'm not the world's greatest guitar player and I have some rare stuff, but I'm also, I'm also using them and I'm, be, I'm not – Exactly nice to pancake. I have thrown my 63 <laughs> Jaguar. I have thrown pancake. Like they are things that I use and I'm good with that because there's permission. There's permission on these guitars. Like pancake was already beat up when I bought it. My Jaguar yep. is a refriend. I can, I can do that because I have permission. Yep. A rare gold sparkle 66, a, a, an ocean turquoise jazz master with gold hardware. Uh, no, those. Those are things that we just won't see ever again. Or if we do see them, they'll be custom shop and then you can beat those up. Go crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, but like some of these things, ah, it, it breaks my heart. You want to make music with them. Sometimes they do go to sessions. Sometimes they do get used in the studio. But yeah, I, I think those things need to be preserved. That's just me. I'm okay to, to be disagreed with or be wrong about that. But I would, <laughs> I feel strongly yeah. about preservation as well. So. Yeah. Uh, flame me in the comments, I guess. Well, yes, I agree, and I'm gonna <laughs> I, I'm gonna piggyback there a little bit, if you don't mind. Is Hop uh, on the back, buddy. Giddy <laughs> up, old partner. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. Yeah, super weird. I, I regret saying that. that Can we really click weird. that out too? That was weird. No. Live <laughs> like no regrets, Mike. No regrets. Uh, I, piggyback. I do miss piggyback anymore. rides. I miss that. The pandemic has stolen piggyback rides. To, I miss being light enough to to be the recipient of a piggyback ride. Um, That's why I do squats, buddy. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Squat. So when this is all over, I'm ready. I'm ready to piggyback. There you go. Uh, no, so to, so to piggyback here, 
I think the museum, like the the whole it belongs in a museum. I'm just imagining like that belongs in a museum. Like <laughs> yeah, Indiana Jones, we get it. Uh, we got the reference. And there is so <laughs> I, I love thinking about Indiana Jones uh, stealing artifacts from <laughs> indigenous populations. There's a right. lot to unpack with that. I would yes. love to see if they're going to make an Indiana Jones movie, another one. I would love to see it be a court drama. I would love <laughs> to see him taken to court for the things he's removed from their uh, right. countries. And uh, that would be exciting. Just an old ass Harrison Ford grumpily in the box. It's about preservation. Like, yeah, I would love that. Oh, my God. Please. The people versus Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the Somebody country, the whole ass country versus Indiana oh Jones. My God. India versus Indiana Jones. <laughs> I yeah. love it. You stole priceless artifacts from one of our indigenous <laughs> communities. And your second I ask you film. again, sir, where is the Ark of the Covenant? I don't know. It's just somewhere in a box. It's just. Yeah, I gotta work on my Harrison Ford. That one did not belong in a museum. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one, one definitely does. That one belonged under lock and key. We can all right, agree like, that the gold melt face box does not belong in public. <laughs> right, but we're not talking about indigenous artifacts. There's no colonialism to be had here that Thank needs God. to be I mean, called out can, for what yeah. it is. <laughs> Hold on a second, there, partner. There's plenty of colonialism in music. Just look up uh, Wimbaway. <laughs> oh my god yeah the guy uh, that wrote that song died penniless wow. because and then you know well not that pete Seeger died a super duper wealthy man but <laughs> <laughs> i think that was more of his choice but still no, i think the guy who wrote the song probably should have gotten paid for it sure but when we're talking about vintage who guitars that were made in colonialism what? Is it? <laughs> what? actually you know what uh quick sidebar there's a documentary on Hulu right now called Who Let the Dogs Out? And it is honest, hand to God, one of the most interesting things I've ever watched in my life. For real? Oh, my God. Oh. Like, the whole time, my husband and I were looking like, how much deeper does this go? Oh, my God. It sounds like I a really woke that. whodunit kind of film. What did you say? Would you say it's on which, which streaming service? Hulu. Okay. Hulu. I've got that. It I came out in 2019. That. Yeah. Well, it is um, an adventure. I... I managed to derail this conversation so far. <laughs> Dope. I love it. Uh, derail my train of thought, bro. Mm. Vintage guitar. So vintage fenders that were made in Santa Ana or Fullerton or, that are – there's no colonialism happening here. So we don't have to, we don't have to worry about the, the clear Indiana Jones like uh, kind of issue that we've got there. It, I, I think it's completely fair to say this belongs in a museum because part of guitar is the music, yes, but also on the gear side of things. I, I think it's complete. I think it's entirely valid for us to recognize that there's a sense of historical significance mm -hmm. around. There's a significance to the lore. There's a significant like the the stories and the gear itself are also very important, along with the stories of the music that the gear makes. Yeah. And I think especially the way that we treat like even new gear and how much we like hype up the lore and the, oh, the King of Tone or like some – like you, you go to check back and like, oh, like a kilt V1 is like going for $500. Yeah. Just like the way that we treat the gear and the gear community that's even recent to then flip it and say, oh, well, you you should be playing you, – you shouldn't put that in a museum. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a bit of a double standard happening there in the 
mm. with the the way that that's kind of thrown out there is some this guitar was built to be played. Yeah. Um, I th- and I, I also think, think it's consistent with some of Fender's custom shop work with some of the the builds that they've done. They're clearly just not meant to be played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some you, some guitars are like made to be art pieces or yeah, you know, examples that's, that's of workmanship. Okay. That's okay. It's like those ten thousand dollar Gibsons. Yeah. I don't, think they, I don't think they expect people people to play those. Sometimes, no, absolutely not. Um, Thing like the Fabergé egg strat. Yeah, you don't. Please don't play that. Please yeah. don't buy that or display it or do anything with it. That's <laughs> impressive feat, but I, I've seen right. it in person. It's. Not my thing. Let's just call sure. it that. But we're, we're, you know, the other thing to think about here is that we are, we are largely discussing luxury items as well. And that's, that's yeah. something yeah. to think about too, because most, I would say that most guitars qualify as luxury items at this point because of list prices. I mean, you know, I would, most, ah, uh, at what point does a guitar become a luxury item? I think, I think most are. I think we're. You think we're, anything over five hundred bucks is a luxury item? I don't know if I if I'm smart enough to put an exact price on it, but like I don't, I could make just as much music as I'm making now on a Squire. Uh, yeah. I don't need pancake. Like I have grown so accustomed to that guitar, it does everything I need it to. I have arguments for owning it, but it's it's you know yeah you know, like, do you need a three thousand dollar guitar to? Um, make the next hit record of course not so like nah. we're we're making choices and and then there's nothing wrong with that there's no moral component like you don't have to own a vintage guitar if you want one you are free to do so that's okay yeah. um but yeah uh, especially the guitars in that collection like we are talking 100 percent luxury items and like i don't know there's there's that component to think about as well. I don't know why I brought I that up think, without having a point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I also think that per your point, like there are those people who are like give it to a, the give it to a kid people. Mm. Like one, these are not the guitars you would give to a kid. Two, <laughs> no, shut up. You no. give your guitar to a kid. The guitars you would and give three, to a kid. There's no shortage of three. I mean, if you want to give a guitar to a kid, this is the guitar you give to a kid. Hell yeah, I was just thinking it's, of Luke. Yeah, these are the guitars you give to a kid. This is not the guitar you give to a kid. Yeah. That's not the guitar you give to a kid. That's not a guitar you give to a kid. This is a guitar you give to a child. Yeah. Okay? And, like, I... I, That bugs me, but the the third one is, there's plenty of guitars in the world, y'all. There's too many. We have so many guitars. Honestly, and I'm the worst. I'm bad about it, and I'm part of the problem. Like yeah. I'll admit that before anybody else does. Like I do demos to convince people to buy guitars if they want to. Yeah. I have a bunch of guitars, like of varying levels of quality. I think that if you're really concerned about environmentalism and that kind of impact of it, like you buy one guitar and you have one guitar, and that's like the most environmental way you can do it. But that would make guitars so freaking expensive and also the fact that our our individual environmentalist uh mindset is not going to stop any company from making more guitars that's that's something uh, somebody was like yelling at me in my dms when phoebe bridgers broke the uh the baritone uh and they were saying that it's it's morally good to not break guitars because when you break a guitar well then they have to make one to replace that and that's not like they're they're gonna do that anyway they're gonna make more guitars no matter what that's what companies do like like me deciding like, not to buy a guitar doesn't mean yeah. there's going to be one less on the shelf. 
Man, There's not enough heard. guitars being broken to make a dent in <laughs> a manufacturing yeah, forecast. I would argue that yeah, maybe not also, even Pete Townsend did enough. Right. No, because he kept gluing the ones he broke back together. Exactly. Same with Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my wow. God. And also, like, for environmentalism, like, the consumer-grade level of that not nearly as important as the corporate level. Like we oh, really absolutely. push like individual responsibility in terms of recycling. I think that's grand, but it's kind of a, a, a drop in the bucket compared to big time polluters. Yeah, exactly. Like don't, don't complain about like the environmentalism of breaking a cheap guitar, uh, like a Dan Electro guitar. And then like, Buy a Firefly guitar or buy some other disposable stuff when you mm-hmm. could be using like re, you buy, buying Ziploc bags instead of like Tupperware containers. Or let's That's be fun. honest, if I had to take a gander, the carbon footprint of the average US household's Amazon purchases in a month probably exceeds the carbon footprint of breaking one day in electric guitar. I, the, I've wondered the, about that. The, the, I've wondered about shipping, especially. I feel like shipping has such a huge carbon footprint compared to does. what it takes to make one guitar. But I have, I am speaking out of turn. I don't have the yeah. data, but I want to know yeah. what it, the breakdown is. I mean, it, shoot, there's a huge environmental implication of like a lot of the, not all of, before somebody says not all, cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah. The amount of, absolutely. Yeah, the amount of electricity that it takes is like Staggering. depending on what state you live in, like crypto mining is just you lose money with how much electricity, like what your electric bill is going to be. Wow. And I know that they're they're like Ethereum 2.0 supposedly like is better, but I I just I know that that's that's kind of that is kind of a part of that we don't really talk about ever because no one really thinks about the environmental implications. Bill of, Gates is talking about it. <laughs> well, thank you, BG. Remember what happened last time you brought up Bill Gates on this podcast? What happened last time you brought up Bill Gates on this podcast? Oh, nothing. Just we'll talk. We'll see you later. Did Bill Gates reach out? Hey, no. hey, I heard Andrew, you were talking you're shit. <laughs> Andrew, you're fired. That's not at all what Bill Gates sounds like. Can you do a Bill Gates voice? Andrew, you're fired. We've uh, had enough Bill- of you in this town. <laughs> I want the voice actor to do a Bill Gates voice. I think I did. I think I just did. Hey. What's that? Get oh, my sh- name out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I actually don't even remember what Bill Gates sounds like. Yeah. Uh, I like the old joke. uh, I don't have pronouns. Don't talk about me. Don't talk about (laughs) me. Do not refer to me at all. (laughs) (laughs) I really got you. You really like that one, Emily. Well, I about broke you first thing, like out of the gate. Why were you even laughing that hard? Uh, It was hilarious. Oh no, it was Smurfs. As if they were scarves. That's oh my god. But but it's also like as if they were loaves. I think that is just like the phonetic way to pluralize it in a way that I cannot explain or understand. Just I'm I'm even having to cough back uh, a little bit of a laugh right now because it is still very good. well, the plural of big muffs was big muffs. Muffs, big moves. All right, yeah, so, I, uh, your your collection uh, of muffs is incredible. I like that better. Your collection of muffs. Muffs is such an <laughs> ugly word. Like uh, those two f's really just like feels Nasty. like it falls out of your mouth every time you say it. Muffs. Muff. Muff. So. Muff. 
back dog. to luxury guitars for a moment for like guitars being luxury items. Uh, I would go, I'm going to say something that I, know, Ooh, I think myself. A, I know it's okay for people to have <laughs> nice things. It's okay for people. It's okay for nice people things. to have a lot of nice things. Controversial. It is, it is not okay for people to have a lot of nice things if they are underpaying their employees. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's where we get. I think that's where we get hung up. So if we want to talk about like people having nice things, like oh, eat the rich, like you know, if they if they earn their money, that's fine. It's okay for general generational wealth to exist. And, but with the guitar community, I think there's a level yeah. of nuance that. In, the, in this conversation that I think a lot of people are glossing over is we don't know what this person does for a living for these collectors. No idea. And it maybe to a degree, the, the way that capitalism is running these days, it, it, maybe there's a safe assumption there that yeah. there's some sort of exploitation that happened in order for them to be able to afford 178 vintage guitars. I feel or, like there, there usually is. But there's no guarantee there. I don't know. And we also don't know over what period of time, like – uh, you said like 160 guitars. That was not, I believe. 170. So, like, let's say this person has been collecting for couple decades, 50 years. Yeah. If they're collecting over 50 years, it's 3.4 guitars a year. I think most people buy more than three hats a year. Totally. They could be a doctor. Oh, the amount I spent on jean jackets a couple of years ago. Woof. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> So anyways, my, my point is, is it just kind of breaking that down a little bit further about what it means to own a luxury item. I think I just, I, I think it's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. If you like a guitar, go for it. That's great. Finding the right instrument for you is such an important process and something that I fully support no matter what that ends up being like. I have, and, and I have my own personal limit of what I want to spend on a guitar. Like to this, the reason that I did not make my Trini Lopez dream come true is because I could not fucking get past the entry price on, on that. Like I got that Gibson one for a good price, the custom shop. And if not for the neck, I would have kept it. Um, but like the idea of spending over six grand on a guitar, I, I just couldn't do it. Maybe I'm a I giant can- baby, but I just couldn't do it. So uh, yeah, I would struggle. I would struggle. I, I don't I, think I, I've spent more than three k on a guitar, and that was my seventies three fifty five that I love and miss. Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't know. I just don't know if I'd ever cross that line. I, just don't I have ever. guitars that are like worth three thousand, but most of them I've like I did trades for, yeah, or yeah, I yeah, got, yeah. or they like increased in value. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I have some expensive stuff like pancake. I, if I would sell that, I mean, sky's the limit. Like you, you would have to make that very worth my while for me to ever consider selling it, which I don't think I would. Um, no. but I paid 2250 for that in Portland in 2012. So like nice, no sales tax. Yeah. Well, I mean, I bought it from a guy, bought it from a dude. Oh, I, don't know. Um, I bought it from a guy, bought it from a guy who, uh, you know, made me a sweet deal on it. Uh, but yeah, uh, man, I just don't know. And and if you want to spend over three K on a guitar, I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying like, yeah. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it too. And I'm sure Gibson's ex- executives are like, huh, but that's, that's what I'm saving three. it for. I'm saving it for that secret guitar. That's the one that I will, I'll have to raise so much money if it ever comes up. 
So yeah. yeah. And then I will break my rule, but it'll be in service of a dream and that's okay to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think that might be a good place to kind of wrap it up, but just like, remember that collectors exist and there's nothing in and of itself that's morally reprehensible <laughs> for being a collector. Like it depends on how you got there. And I am, I think it would be, um, I, I, th- I don't think it would be helpful for us to make any assumptions about yeah. uh, how this person got their guitars, how they got their money, why they didn't notice. Uh, I think it would be irresponsible, in fact, to make assumptions about this. Um, but that's just kind of how I feel about like a lot of gossip in general. Yeah, but um, me too. yeah. So I don't know. I think all anything? I think all guitar collectors uh, enslaved Smurfs to be able to afford them. Smurfs. 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 I'm I'm loving I'm loving that it's Collectors Awareness Month. This, I feel really enlightened. <laughs> like, uh, uh, but if I find GD out fans, if I, I find out th- that this collector ends up being Jeff Bezos, that's it. I'm out. Change, big change. <laughs> Paul Allen, I could have imagined actually. Yeah, yeah. But, actually, I, I thought about him a little bit too because I know someone yeah, who rest, works for him and and takes care well, of his dead. collection. Uh, I mean, he died. Uh, will work. For him, I wasn't aware of the status of his uh, liveliness. So thank you for letting me know. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess you don't live in Seattle anymore. I don't. It's great. I don't have to know anything about Paul Allen anymore. Oh, the weight off my shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, The office was uh, pretty pretty blue the day that that was announced. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very sorry to hear that. It was a uh, fall 2019, I think. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Didn't hear anything about that. Well, there was a lot happening. A little bit. Time is but a figment of our imaginations at this point. A lot anyways. has happened since then, I think, is kind of more what it is. Like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, that happened in 2019? God. <laughs> like, I forgot that sounds, that happened. It's like it was a like a decade ago. Maybe it was last decade, but... Um, hey, Mike, so if people want to find you, do you have anything to promote? Any place Heck to be yeah, found? yeah, go find me on YouTube. It's my Instagram handle as well, P-U-I-S-H-E-E-N, a dumb, dumb handle that still follows me around to this day, and I haven't changed it yet. Maybe I will someday. But it's pronounced Pusheen, and it's the poetic sound of a cartoon sword being unsheathed. But you can find me just by searching that or my name, Mike Adams. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Patreon, all of that good stuff. We're your Patreon supporters. I know. We and take I'm money so from grateful. our patrons and give it to you. It blows my <laughs> mind. Thank you so much. I can't believe it. Patron- if you want to support us supporting Mike, <laughs> you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash get offset. You can buy stuff at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. Somebody bought a shirt. I'm going to look that up right now and Yay. thank that person. Uh, the the for fuzz sake. So somebody named Philip. Thank you for buying that shirt, Philip. Phil, Phil D from Connecticut. Connecticut. Hell yeah, connected. It makes me so happy every time I I, I hear the uh, the lovely news that one of my designs has been purchased. Yes, that's lovely. What a great and also, feeling. John really O is. from Michigan bought one uh, on January seventh, and those are the most recent sales of that shirt. That rules. Oh, and I've got <laughs> I have an envelope that's going out tomorrow with uh, Oh, did people message you about those stickers? I, I got one. I got one taker, and there's there's a lot here. So. 
by all means, I'm, I'm sending out stickers. Yeah. Uh, hit him up on his personal Instagram, mm-hmm. um, link in our Instagram bio. Also, please rate review on iTunes. Please leave a nice review on iTunes. Please subscribe to the YouTube. Please like and comment the YouTubes. I don't know. Tell people about this. Tell, tell your bandmates about this. Tell your, tell your friends about this. Tell your children. Tell your children's children. Tell your children the tale of Get Offset. <laughs> tell Once your upon a time, fans. Tell your whole steady fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's all I got. Anybody else have anything else uh, before we let people go? This is going to be a very long lunch break for me. <laughs> Thank no, you for good. watching. Thank you. Thanks for understanding. Thanks for listening. Until next time. My name is Andrew. Also listening. <laughs> my name is Emily. That's and Mike. Mine is Mike. I got it this time. Until until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.